This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Let's go, business storytellers. Hey, how is everyone doing? Let's talk about procrastination today. And what's interesting when it comes to procrastination, I think I do it too. But when I take a look at this book, Still Procrastinating, The No Regrets Guide to Getting It Done, by Deacon Joseph Ferrari, who is today's guest. I'm not so sure I'm actually procrastinating, but we will get to the bottom of things here. So let me show you something first. Um, On Amazon, you may be aware that I produce T-shirts. And this is one that I recently created. And this is what I put on here. The stages of content creation. You got the idea. You procrastinate forever and ever and ever. And then you spend 20 seconds creating the thing, and then you wait for approvals for five years or whatever, and then you finally get it out the door. Now, I call it the procrastination phase. I don't know if that's actually procrastination, or maybe I'm just brainstorming. I don't know. We will find out. We will dive into the topic of what's procrastination, why does it matter, how do we um, solve procrastinating, and we'll go from there. Deacon Joe Ferrari, outside Chicago, I believe. Welcome to the show. Hi, nice to be here, Chris. Thank you for being on time and for doing this this today, as we agreed to do. Um, Now, you touched on some very interesting things, so I don't know if you want me just to jump in and talk about it. Do it. Pick pick them apart, please. (laughs) Let's look. First of all, I'm looking forward to getting one of those T-shirts, by the way. Extra large would be nice. (laughs) Um, So creativity and procrastination. Oh, it must be... Well over 15 years ago, a graduate student named Joe Cohen, now Dr. Cohen, who is a professor at the University of Illinois in Champaign-Urbana, he was my master's student. And he knocks on my door and he goes, Joe, all your research shows procrastination is very negative. I'm a creative guy. I'm like an artist. And like an artist, I need to have the yeast rising for me to think through the issues. You know, I have to delay. And I said, all right, Joe. There's your master's thesis. Let's look to see if creativity is related to ruminating about failure or um, um, savoring the good time. There was a a colleague at Loyola University in Chicago, has since retired, who had started a really interesting line of research, which he called savoring the good times. When we would think about the past, like ruminating, but not the negative, the failures, but all of the good things. I like to call it the Barbara Streisand way we were effect. When we you know, think, oh, life was great. Long story short, guess what? Creativity was not related to this savoring of good things to happen. It was all about ruminating for failure. All right. They were so artists when they tell you, I need the time to think about this. Well, it's because they're afraid to fail. We got to remember, we human beings are great at excuse making and excuses are not reasons. In fact, the politically correct word is a, a excuse is a 
A lie is a fraudulent excuse. And we're good liars. We, we fool ourselves and we fool other people. But we give good reasons. They sound logical. They sound like a reason, but they're really a fraudulent excuse. I've gotten really far ahead of myself, and I don't know if you're going to ask me what is procrastination, what is it not, but uh, I can just go on. But I, I really wanted to do that before you talk about that. So I, I have to look closely at the T-shirt and see, but I think this notion of creativity leads to, you know, you have to procrastinate to produce. Wrong. Not true. The data don't support it. But people believe in myths. <laughs> All the time. Well, and, and, you know, so when Seth Godin was on the show, he, of course, published... Um, the latest book, let's see, what was it called? Um, shipping, I, I don't know what the name of the, the latest book is, but something about shipping creative work. And he said something very similar. He said, you know why people don't ship work? Because they want it to be perfect. And that's not a thing. Nothing is perfect ever. Oh, let's you know, talk about even... that. Can we go there for go a ahead. moment? Okay, perfectionism, yeah. okay? You're absolutely right. You're not going to be perfect. Listener, viewer, you're not going to be perfect. You are not perfect. Um, Chris mentioned I'm a Catholic deacon. Um, uh, Catholic deacons are like priests, bishops, were, were ordained ministers, all right? And as far as we believe, there's only one person who was ever perfect, okay? And look what they did to him. Well, you are not perfect. You are not going to be perfect. You will fail. God, when she made you, made you so your knees go down. But you're also going to get up. See, the question isn't whether I'm going to fail. The question is, how do I rise? How do I get back up? That's the question. Now, data shows I'm a social psychologist by training, and social, social psychologists have shown that you actually are healthiest. You're actually best adjusted if you have 85% success and 15% failure. Let me say this again. You're not a well-adjusted individual if you have 100% perfect and you strive for that. You strive for 85%. That's the majority. That's the vast majority. That's what you get. Failure teaches us. We will fail. We will do poorly. But you're absolutely right, Chris. The procrastinator is afraid. I'm not going to be perfect, so let me not finish it. Because if I never finish, if I never do the task, I can never be judged. And I can always tell you I'm working on it. It's not my fault. Oh, if I only had more time, this would be better. See, it's not me. Procrastinators are very concerned about how other people judge them. I have been studying, researching, publishing. This was my popular book, The Still Procrastinating. But if you really, if your listener out there really wants the research, you got to go back to my 1995 book called Procrastination and Task Avoidance of Ferrari, Johnson, and McCowan. It's still the corner book. It's hard to get. It's expensive, 1995. But if you're going to research this topic, that's the book you really want. Um, and, and so what I have shown, if I've shown nothing since 1988 and 89, my dissertation, is that procrastinators are uh, social esteem conscious, social esteem concerned. Now, what does that mean? You know what self-esteem is. It's how I feel about myself, self-esteem. Social esteem is a concept that we social psychologists say, how others feel about me. And procrastinators are very concerned about what others will think of them. Now, you might sit there and say, well, then why procrastinate? People are going to think they're lazy. They're no good. No, no, no. If, I'm not, if I don't think I'm going to do very well, if I'm unsure of myself, I'd rather you think that I lacked effort then I lack ability. 
me say that again. I'd rather you think I lack effort than I lack ability. If I finish it and it's not good, then my ability is reflected. And no matter how much I try, I just can't cut it. But if I delay, if I don't do it on time, if I postpone it, then it looks like I didn't try. I might have the ability. We'll never know. But we, I might. So I'd rather give you this public image, very concerned about what you think about me, is that you think I didn't try than that I couldn't do this. Uh, so very socially conscious, one misperception. And, and you started off, Chris, if I can keep going, about this notion, because we only have 27 minutes, and I just keep talking. Um, there's also this, no, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, that procrastination is the same as delay and postponing and waiting. No, no. To procrastinate is to be strategic. Uh, you're purposely doing this. People who procrastinate are people who are purposely delaying the start of completing something, and they don't feel good about it. So to delay is not procrastination. If you're a manager, you're going to delay waiting till you get all the information in, have your people go out and, and tell you all the pieces you need before you make a decision. That's not procrastinating. That's being efficient. That's being great. If you've got a dozen things to do, obviously 10, 11, and 12, you got to wait because you're working on one, two, and three. Well, that's not procrastinating on 10, 11. That's called prioritizing. There's actually someone right now who talks about it, calls it structured procrastination. Just call it prioritizing. We got to be careful with a lot of people misunderstanding this. And let's just get there right now. Time management will not work. You know, the reason uh, John Wiley and Sons called the book Still Procrastinating, that was the title they wanted, was because I cover the fact that all these time management techniques you hear about will not work. Because the procrastinator is a great excuse maker. And they'll do it, what I call in here, the but however. Oh, that was interesting. But for me, in my situation, that, uh, that was nice. However, in my case, there's always a reason, logical people. We've got to start holding people responsible. And we've got to, as a culture, reward the early bird. we got to go back to that. Remember that old expression, the early bird gets the worm? Maybe you never heard of that, and I wouldn't be surprised because we don't talk about that. Today, we make sure everybody gets the same piece of the worm, and we cut it up, and everybody gets a fair, equal piece. Well, I, I like that, but I really want to reward people for doing things early, not punish for being late. See, that's the problem. We, we punish you if you're late. You don't pay your credit card on time, there's a fine. But what if you're like me and you pay it, the, I get it the same day I get it, I write a check and I send it out or I do it online. All right, uh, 12 months of the year, do I get something at the end of the year? Thank you, Joey. Here's a, a free ceiling fan. Here's 20% off. You know, take yourself out to dinner. No, I don't get anything. But if I'm late, whoa, in red, pay the bill. Christmas is a good time, another good example, all right? People believe Am I going too fast here for you, uh, uh, Chris? Because I get on a roll and I say, well, "No, you're fine. You are on a good roll." But I do have a question for you. So, ah, okay. when it comes down, when it comes down to the ability, right, versus oh, if I don't try, so it's interesting. You know, I've been in a number of change. Let's call them change management uh, environments, right? Where a lot of because the industries were kind of upside down, I guess, right? Things are changing so fast. Sure. So what I tried to do is, and, and it worked to, to a large extent, 
is how do I use the skills that I have on a team and how do we apply them to other things? I'll give you an example. I grew up as a journalist. What I'm doing right now with you is so similar to what I used to do as a journalist. It's crazy. The only difference is that now we're live on the computers. And you know, I'm still and not getting paid for the interview. It's just like the real thing. When, when reporters interview me, they still don't pay me. So you're right. It's exactly the same. It's exactly, it's exactly like it. So, but, you know, um, what my point is, my the skills, right, translate. So what I've always encouraged people on teams in those scenarios, I'm not necessarily looking for you to be perfect. I'm not even looking for you to get it on the first try. What I'm looking for is the initiative, the try, the journey. I'll give you an example. So far, everything on this stream has been perfect. I did one earlier. I mean, there's all kinds of things that are going wrong. You know what we do when something goes wrong on a live stream? We just go, oops, 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 <laughs> next. You yeah. know, keep moving does that on. help? Yes, we should always keep moving on. This is what people don't understand. Look. Look at your head. Your head is not able to go all the way back. You can only go forward. We are designed to go forward. It's a lot harder to walk backwards than it is to walk forward. And so people don't understand that. They think, I've got to succeed. And if I can't, I can't walk forward. I can't take that next step because it may not. And, and absolutely, no. And that's why I said earlier, you got to expect you're going to fail in life. You're also going to succeed. And if you never try, you've heard this is not original. If you don't try, you never, you'll never know if you're going to succeed or not. So the question isn't whether you're going to fail. And yes, like you say, tell the teams, try whatever skills you have. We may fail, but at least we'll know that didn't work. If we don't try, we don't have an answer. If we don't do this, we, we just won't know what the answer. We may not know what is the answer. It's the same thing in research. If I don't do a research study, uh, if I don't test my hypothesis, I'll never know if the hypothesis is supported or rejected. It may get rejected. It may not be right. But now I know it's not this. I don't know what it is, but I know it's not this. And so that's in life. That's the way we have to view things. You know, you mentioned I'm a clergyman. I am. And so if you look at the, the, the Psalms, the psalmist said, we have 70, 80 years if we're strong on this earth. That's nothing in terms of time. Nothing. So why can't you make those 70, 80 years the best 70, 80 years that you can make it? It's like a, like you're, you're like a grain of sand on the beach. Go to the Sahara Desert. If you've ever been there, I've been to Saudi Arabia, and you know, it's huge, the desert. Your life is like that one grain of sand. Might seem insignificant to the beach, insignificant to the desert. But if you don't put that piece of sand into the desert, you would not have a desert. If all of us contribute, we have something. See, so people fail to understand that it's not about me, procrastinators, very much. It's all about me. I don't like it. I can't do it. It's too hard. I don't have time. Life ain't about you, babe. Life is about us. Life isn't about me. It's about we. And if you don't do your part, I can't do my part, and the next person can't do that. And they forget that. They see the big, you ever hear the expression, don't miss the forest for the trees? Meaning, don't look, miss the big picture because you get caught up with the individual trees. That's not the procrastinator's problem. They see the forest and say, oh, my God, holy cow, look at this big job. I'm never going to do this. I'm just going to wait. 
Let me wait and delay. Let me postpone this. Holy cow. No, I have to tell them, you cut down one tree. You can't cut a tree? Give me three branches. Can't do three branches? I'll take a handful of leaves because a body in motion stays in motion, said the commercial, right? So you've got to do this. You've got to start. Absolutely. So as you would tell your team, let's start and try. We may not get the answer. We may learn what it's not, but at least we'll have done this attempt and we'll have tried that. Um, if we don't try, we'll never know. Well, lots of points here to say, and we only have 27 minutes. So uh, you mentioned perfectionism. Well, I talked about that. Uh, perfectionism happens for both procrastinators and non-procrastinators. Uh, one of my earlier studies, there's a chapter in here on perfectionism um, and procrastination. And one of the, the issues where I was interested is, um, is, is there a difference? And the answer is, yeah. For the non-procrastinator, listen carefully, and you can replay this if you miss what I say. For the non-procrastinator, perfectionism is motivated by getting ahead. For the procrastinator, perfectionism is motivated by getting along. In other words, the non-procrastinator wants to do the best product they can, right? The procrastinator might tell themselves that, but that's not their real motive. They, they're motivated by, I want the best product. I want to get ahead. The procrastinator is perfectionist because I want you to like me. See, I'm working hard. Don't you see? I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. So you better like me. That's what they, they want you to. They're so concerned about their image. Now, let me just, before you cut in with another question, let me back up and, and do two things. All right. Everybody procrastinates, but not everybody is a procrastinator. Say that again. Everybody puts off something, procrastinates, but not everybody is a procrastinator. So if you're watching this now that you've heard me rambling all over the place and Chris trying to keep me on target here, you know, you might be saying, well, I, I don't know. Am I procrastinating or not? You're right. If you delay a task, if there's something you don't like to do, that doesn't make you a procrastinator. It means you procrastinate on that task. College students might delay studying, reading, writing a term paper. But if there's a free keg of beer in the dorm, they're there. If Lady Gaga, or I don't know who's popular, Lizzo, gives a free concert to the first 50 people, they're there. Then they're not procrastinators. They procrastinate. See, academic procrastination is different. I don't like cutting the grass. I finally did it today. Anybody who knows me would never call me a procrastinator. But I procrastinate on cutting the grass and trimming my, my bushes because I just don't like doing that. All right? I just did them today. All right? So am I a procrastinator? No. The point is 20% of adult men and women, there's no sex difference, men and women are chronic procrastinators. That means they do it at home at school, at work, in relationships. They will RSVP late. They will miss sporting events because they never got the tickets or concerts because they didn't do that. They, they will postpone doctor's appointments. They'll wait till the gauge goes on E before they get more gas or the re third bill comes before they pay it. Uh, this is their lifestyle. 20%. That's all you're thinking? That's all, Dr. Ferrari? No, that's higher than depression, phobia, panic attacks, alcoholism, substance abuse. And all of those, well, those are serious problems. Yeah, and you've got this other thing that's even higher and that has more implications. 
We don't have, we only have a few minutes. I can't go through all the health implications and all the other kinds of things, but you can read some of them in, the, in these resources. Um, um, oh, and this is just not a Western U.S. phenomenon. Because I've been invited in all these 30, 40 years to give talks internationally. I'm a motivational speaker on the topic, if you're interested. And one, and so I've gone through and I have found that this 20% is in the U.S., Canada, um, Spain, Peru, Venezuela, Australia, Italy, Poland, Austria, uh, Turkey, Ireland, uh, Israel, Saudi Arabia, my a new graduate, a recent graduate student found it in Japan, South Korea, 20%. Don't know about Africa, haven't been to the continent there, to any of those countries yet. But if you think about it, that's very high. That's one in five. And yet we make this funny. And yet we say jokes about it. And yet we trivialize it. And I can't tell you how many times people get angry at me and they say, oh, Deacon Joe, oh, you, you think procrastination is worse than depression? No, I think it's different. But I don't think uh, procrastination is less impactful than depression. Different, different kinds of things. So I think we really need to understand. And that's why the book is called Still Procrastinating, because people have trivialized it. And we're still procrastinating. It hasn't happened more. Another myth that you hear is people procrastinate more than they did in the past. Uh, that's not true. My first prevalence study published in 95, 99, uh, 95, 96, and I found 20%. We still find it now too. So we aren't doing it more now. Can I go through the three myths that people have? Or do you want me, you want to keep, you want to ask questions? Do it. Keep going. The three One myth that people have is Technology today makes it easier to procrastinate. It's, you know, we have all this technology, and all this technology makes procrastination easy. I'll answer that one by a story. In 2006, a news reporter from Connecticut calls me and says, Dr. Ferrari, what do you think about the snooze button on alarm clocks? And I'm thinking... Nothing. He goes, oh, because the first the snooze button was first available in 1956, and it's 50 years old. And that's the first technology for procrastination. You press the button, you gain nine more minutes. Press the button, you get another nine minutes. This guy is very interesting. Technology back in 56. And then I started thinking about it, you know. There was a time you had to get your horse and buggy together to go see your neighbor three, four miles down the road. You had to get the horse together and attach the buggy and go down there. Then this guy invented this thing called the horseless carriage automobile that could get you there in a few minutes. Then there was a time you had to write the letter and, and post it if you wanted to talk somebody, talk to someone. Then a guy named Alexander Graham Ding dong, bell, whatever. Oh, bell said, you know, here's a thing called a telephone. There's always been technology. The pro technology doesn't make you procrastinate more. It's how you use or misuse the technology. Don't tell me that the smartphone makes you procrastinate more. That's excuse making. That's, again, the fraudulent excuses. All right. That's myth number one. Oh, Ferrari, people say. You don't get it. Our lives are busier today. We have so much more to do, and we just can't manage it all. Well, think about that. What an insulting comment that is to our ancestors. 
How demeaning can you go to your agricultural grand ancestors, great-great-grandparents, who had to get up in the morning, plow the fields, make sure the roof was fixed, get the fence you know, done, milk the animals, feed the animals, dig the well, plant the gardens. There's 168 hours in a week, 24 times 7. No more, no less. You're not busier. You're different than they were. That I'd buy. That I'd agree. That I'd, yep, you're absolutely right. But don't tell me you're busier. All right? No. How did they manage? How did they get it done? Why can't you? Think about it. There's 168 hours. That's why I said earlier, you can't manage time. Time management is a big misperception. Anybody listening here, don't sign up for a time management program because they don't work for procrastination. You can't manage time. What do you manage? You manage yourself. You manage how you do that. You can't control the wind, but you can adjust your sails. Not original. Heard it from somebody else. And the Japanese like to say, and if you can't, and if there's no wind, row. <laughs> okay? Are you real? I don't know what that means, but somebody just put a message in there. Um, so that's myth number two. Should I go to number three or, or not? Go to number three. We have about one minute. Oh, okay. Then the last minute, real quick, is that I work best under pressure, Ferrari. I need that last minute. Wrong. Read my 2001 experimental study that we published that showed they would actually do worse under pressure, procrastinators, compared to non-procrastinators. But they think they did better. All right. I'm sorry. I can't go any further on any of this. Talk to me, Chris. What do you, what's, this is, takes more than 27 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> It does. I mean, we're just blazing through this. Um, I don't. Ray on um, Ray on YouTube says, "Are you real?" I don't know what he's referring to. I don't I know either. He's saying, I, I assume he's think asking. I'm real? Yeah, we're real. This is real stuff. Um, so anyway, it looks like we're putting people. Um, there we got some other ones. Put user in timeout on YouTube. Um, okay. All right. Uh, we are out of time. Indeed, I really appreciate you joining us today. Um, great, great insights. Get the book, everyone. Still procrastinating. If you're watching on Amazon, it is available um, in the uh, the featured carousel. Link is everywhere else. Is that one on YouTube as well? Um, you can find this. It's pretty expensive, but this is really for more scholarly academic. If you're looking for something uh, on how to deal with it other than a time management approach because you've tried everything else, I suggest you look at the data-driven of this particular book. It's been around a long time. Fantastic. I really appreciate you making the time and, and fitting so much knowledge in such a short time period. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win.